You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 204 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Good, Val. It's been so long since I've spoken to you. (laughs) You mean... Five minutes. minutes. (laughs) Okay, everyone, we're doing – I'm still in New York City and we're doing a pre-record because, to be honest, I'm only so busy lapping up New York City and then getting on planes, trains and automobiles because it's really, really far away to fly back to Sydney and I have to fly from New York City via Vancouver and then back to Sydney. So I'm going to be on a plane for a very long time. And so in order to get this podcast out to you, we had to do – uh, pre-record. So let's plunge straight into it. Yeah. We want to give a big shout out to Danette Zach. I love Danette and I love seeing her pics. She did show us your pics. <laughs> and um, we've put them in the show notes, which are at GinaMilitia.com. And I just love seeing this transformation because she has said, and um uh, Danette's cool. Danette is so cool. Danette like is a trucker, isn't she? Yes. In, in the yes. US, and um, often posts uh, shots of her rig and other people's trucks too. Um, yep. And uh, it's just such a different life, and it's great to see it pictorially and and you know through her eyes. So she has said the pics below are from when I got my very first DSLR, which was a Nikon D5300, and I just started listening to the podcast around 2015. Yes, I binge listened to get caught up. It was shot in Arizona at sunset with the sun behind my husband. I have no idea what I was thinking. (laughs) And one of the middle photos is from around 2016 in the Texas sun with it behind me this time. The next middle one is from my first shoot in a studio of my makeup artist in 2016 because the model didn't show up. And the last one is my favourite photo from my last shoot in April 2018. And we'll put all of these links in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Danette continues, so, yeah, I constantly hear Gina and Valerie in my head when I shoot now. Thanks for a great podcast and keeping me on my toes, guys. The knowledge you both truly share is gold. Oh, how awesome. I, know, I just love seeing so the cool. progression. I mean, check her, out know, how slick her oh, photos look, eh? So good. The lighting, the composition, the expressions. I love it. I love and it. She's been working very hard and uh, has, uh, I've asked her to teach me how to back a truck into a car park <laughs> when I see her, which okay. I'm serious. I would love to drive one of those big rigs. 
Really? Honestly, Why? Yeah. I just think, how cool would it be? I just want to, you know, blow the horn. <laughs> That'd be watch, fun. <laughs> yeah. Do the, they don't have the um, breaker, breaker, breaker. They don't do all of that anymore, do they? Oh, don't they? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. they do. Do you think they do? I wish they do because I really like I, that I as don't part know. of the romance. Maybe breaker, you can tell yeah, us, yeah. Danette. In the mm. podcast group. If you haven't yet joined the podcast group, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. But also, if you want to take your photography to the next level, join people like Danette in the gold community over at GinaMilitia.com. And here's a little bit of information about it. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, now let's move on to this week's topic, which is how to turn your photography hobby into a six-figure business with special guest Jeff Brown. I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a fascinating chat I had with Jeff, who is actually a lovely guy and he's uh, like full-time photographer and he's also now a marketing consultant and he was, uh, has been and still is a pro photographer and was running several six-figure photography businesses. And what he does is he helps photographers to build their brand and book more clients and make tons of money so like we got we we, it's this is a long chat so uh set aside some time because there are so many nuggets i think this is the kind of podcast that you might want to take notes on and uh we, we talk about the importance of niching down as a photographer the areas that most photographers waste their time in he, mm-hmm. he talks about some common mistakes that photographers make in using social media and uh the importance of finding quality followers rather than vanity followers and why it's important to be doubling or even tripling your prices and why you should, if you want to attract like those luxury uh, price tags for your work, that you need to start thinking like a luxury brand. And then finally, we spend a good part of the show doing a deep dive into LinkedIn. And so LinkedIn is one of the most 
underused and best social media platforms for photographers. And he explains step-by-step how you should uh, make your profile look and uh, everything, details everything. He's very, very generous with his information. So shall we have a listen? Absolutely. Let's listen to Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown, g'day. Welcome to the show. How are you going? Hi there. I'm fine, thanks. And you? Good. Uh, really excited to have you on. Uh, just before we get started, where in the world are you? Uh, I'm a place called Northumberland, which is uh, in the UK, just about 20 miles from the Scottish border. So I'm out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by sheep and goats and cows. Fantastic. And uh, you've gotten up very early for this podcast. So I do appreciate this. It's the afternoon here in Melbourne, Australia, but you're like very, very early in the morning. So um, well done you for getting up so <laughs> That's early. That's totally fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, before we start, like one of the best pieces of, of advice I ever got was uh, in life, really, was actually from a, a fun, financial advisor who said to me, he said, like, you shouldn't actually take advice from a fin- financial advisor who isn't filthy rich themselves. So basically what that person was saying is don't take advice from people who uh, don't, you know, walk the walk uh, and uh, so when I've uh, researched your stuff, you do. You, you, you are a successful photographer in your own right and now you're teaching other photographers how you've achieved that success. So just before we get started, do you want to just give us a bit of background to how you got into the photography industry and the types of photography that you specialize in? Yeah, certainly. Well, I, I first started of it. I've done weddings since I was probably about, I'm 47 now. I did my first wedding when I was about 21. Um, and then when I was 27, uh, I joined the Royal Navy and became a, a Royal Navy photographer. Uh, I did 10 years with the, the Navy. And then when I left the Navy, uh, obviously the, the best way to go was to be another photo- to, to carry on being a photographer. Uh, but what I needed to, to do was was to learn about marketing. So if I was going to set up a photography business, um, I wanted it to work. So it, it, when, when you leave the armed forces, you get uh, quite a bit of money towards doing courses. So I got seven and a half thousand pound. Wow. And I spent, I spent that on marketing. Uh, and I also had a, a business partner who was also working for the intelligence services as well at the same time as me. And he left about six months later. So he had his seven and a half thousand pound <laughs> as well. Uh, so between us, we spent a lot of money on marketing. Um, and to be honest, I got hooked. I loved it. I got really into it. And that led us to create five separate photography businesses. Five. Uh, One wasn't enough five. for you. Five. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we, we found that the, we found the best way to, to run any business was to niche the business. So be a specialist in a particular, it was no good being a wedding photographer and a commercial photographer on the same website. Mm-hmm. So each, each business had a different name, a different website and a different social media platform. They all run from the same office, the same studio, but it just looked as it made us look more professional, and and ultimately it it allowed us to charge more for our, charge a premium for our services because we looked at as you know we we were the experts in that field as opposed to a jack of all trades. So we had five businesses in total. So it was weddings. What were the other ones? Uh, we did weddings. Uh, we did portraits and uh, nursery schools, so kindergartens. We did about sixty five of those a year. Uh, we also had a, a boudoir makeover. Um, 
studio, which yeah. uh, like lingerie shoots and model portfolios. Uh, we had a, a commercial and PR photography business, which also specialized in a couple of different areas, hospitality trade and also construction. Uh, and we had uh, what's called a, a land-based aerial business where we used to have a, we had a big uh, Land Rover with a 65 foot mast on, telescopic mast with a big camera on that we did, we did panoramics of building sites and um, hotels and places like that. So that's before drones, obviously. Yeah, that was before drones. Yeah. So that was, that was going back to about 2000, uh, probably about 2010. Yeah. And, and so in these, all these businesses, did you have other associate photographers working with you or was it just uh, you guys handling all the photography? Uh, no, no, we had, uh, we, we had staff. So we had, uh, there was myself um, and then his business partner, Kev. Uh, and then my business partner in the um, in the makeover studio was Marissa. She was a professional um, makeup hair and makeup artist. Then we had another two makeup artists, and we had another four photographers, five photographers, sorry. Uh, and we had a, an editor and a, a guy who came in three times a week and did uh, all the sales calls. So he did uh, getting leads and, um, and 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 booking appointments for us as well. And so you built a, a fairly successful uh, uh, business or businesses out of that and uh, safe to say that you were earning well over like the six-figure mark with all of those uh, businesses? Well, I mean, just one of the businesses itself uh, brought in six figures, at least two or three of them brought in six figures. Uh, and the, the boudoir business became one of the biggest boudoir laundry makeover businesses in the UK. But that was purely because we were specialists. Um, and because we had pe- we had people traveling from London, Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, to a place called Sunderland, which isn't isn't like a very cosmopolitan place, but because we specialized and we looked like we were the best, people would travel for it. And so the, it's all about that perception. I mean, look, I I believe that you can't have no skills and build a successful business. You've got to know what you're doing, but to people, photographers will get to a certain level. You'll, you know, get the camera, learn to shoot in manual mode and, and get, get to a point where your, uh, consistent, your work is consistent. You do beautiful, you take beautiful shots. All your friends are telling you how great your photography is. And then from there, why is it that some photographers take off and others, even though they're very talented, they have a great eye, they know what they're doing, they can't just can't get that lift off that other uh, photographers make? What, what, what does it come down to? It, it basically comes down to marketing, purely mm. marketing. I think because a lot, a lot of photographers, um, you know, photographers become very obsessive. We're artistic people. Uh, and what we do is we try and please ourselves first, not please the clients. Now, I, I've worked with photographers, loads of photographers around the world. And you can, you know, you look at an original image, which might be slightly tweaked and it looks fantastic. But then the photographer will spend another two hours trying to make it even better than it already is where in fact the client would probably be happy with the first one. And I think what a lot of photographers do as well is when on their daily workflow, they'll start with editing pictures. You know, they get up in the morning, check their emails, start editing pictures, and they get carried away. And then by the time it comes to the end of the day, you know, all they've done is edit pictures. And I always say to my clients, always edit your pictures after lunch. Do your marketing first. You know, if you've got a bit of time pressure on, if you've got an afternoon to edit your pictures, you'll probably still get the same amount done. Than you were if you had the whole day you just work a bit faster um 
because I think everyone's always looking for the perfect picture and be, 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 because we're photographers, it will never be perfect. We will always pick a fault with it, but the chances are our clients won't. Right. So, and, and that makes perfect sense because uh, I could happily spend four years editing my photos and do nothing else, but it's not going to bring clients to you. And even if it, and, and as you say, uh, most clients aren't that discerning and they're not going to tell that, you know, you, you added that little layer mask and did that, you know, graduated filter in the background and look, look how it all pops. They're not even going to notice it. So, um, oh, yeah. and, and, and for a lot of us, doing the the marketing stuff is just so very, very difficult because it all um, – it's triggering. It's like you're selling yourself. There's all of that uh, imposter syndrome or going through that, well, what are people going to think if I'm constantly out there going, look at me, look at me? But there, there, there are ways to market uh, which aren't about look at me, look at me. And um, so when it comes to marketing in 2018, it's a lot different to say when I started 30 years ago. When I started 30 years ago, it was all about like you had a folio. We worked on that. We had our specialist photos that what I wanted to uh, show the world, this is the type of photographer I, I, I am. And I went around and basically I, there was a lot of cold calling and trying to get in front of the the decision makers. Like in my commercial photography, it was art directors and magazine editors. That has changed a little bit because now we've got social media, but I still see a lot of photographers doing that wrong. So what what would be um, your recommendations to, say, a photographer starting out or even someone who's out there, you know, working but wants to improve and, and get in front of uh, more clients? What do you do? Uh, well, I would, I would say there's, there's two two definite channels for, for real success in photography. The, the first one is social media and the second one is a, is joint ventures. Now, um, social media, it's not, it's not that hard. You know, you can read loads of information and tips and, and, and best practices on social media. But I think the, 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 the two biggest things on social media is be yourself. Don't try and be anybody any different, uh, and tell a story. So don't self-publicize, allow your images to tell a story about, you know, you're telling a story about the wedding that you've taken. You're telling a story about how you've um, met a client's needs for the photographs for <clears throat> some photographs for his uh, website for a, a restaurant or something like that. Always tell it, <clears throat> excuse me, always tell it from the client's perspective or from an emotional point of view for a wedding, a portrait. And, and that's where people on social media will make a connection. They'll connect with you emotionally mm. um, because at the end of the day, social media is a storytelling platform and you mm. see so many photographers posting on Facebook and they'll just put a picture up and go, you know, a couple of hashtags and just put, you know, um, Gary and Jennifer's wedding. Yeah. That, that doesn't tell a story. It doesn't create emotion. You know, to, when, when I'm saying tell a story, maybe three or four paragraphs, each paragraph about three or four lines and, and tell, tell that because people aren't just buying an image, especially for wedding photography, uh, they're buying the whole concept, they're buying the, the feeling relaxed, feeling at ease, having a hassle free day. If you can come across as a very caring, fun, friendly, kind photographer, they're, they're buying into that more yeah. than, because when 
you know, when, when you approach a photographer, we're all professional photographers. So mm. all our potential clients are looking at our images as just a mass of professional images. They're not, they're not judging those images on a, on a um, technical basis. So what we can do to make ourselves better than the competition is to approach our clients in a, in a very personal way and a very mm. friendly way. And, and, you know, go that extra mile, come across as a, as a person, not as a company. Don't be self publicists, be, tell stories. Uh, and the other big thing with social media is consistency. It's no good putting a couple of posts on Facebook because you finished a wedding and upload 20 or 30 pictures and then do nothing again for, <laughs> for three or four months. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the worst things you can do if you've got a Facebook page um, is to, to have a website which links to your Facebook page because and not not concentrate on your Facebook page because if somebody goes in there and that you know they're pretty much sold by your website think yeah it looks fantastic I'll just want to you know eighty percent of people before they make a, a buying decision will check out the social media yeah. so we'll go to the website the website's very static it just gives you the information then they'll go to the Facebook page for an update and the two biggest things people check on a Facebook page is the number of likes because for some reason people assume that as authority, if you've got a lot more likes, people believe that you're better yeah. because more people are following you. And then the next thing they look at is when did the last post? Now, right. if it's, you know, it's, it's June, 2018. If, if your last post is, is talking about Christmas photographs, people are going to straight away think, Oh, they're not in business anymore or they yeah. mustn't be very good. Um, they don't know that you've been really, really busy and you haven't had a time. So in that sense, the, your, your, your social media actually lets your business down. Yeah. So just on that, with that social media, and I, I agree there, I think the um, the key with social media is being social and putting yourself out there and sharing that passion for the work rather than, you know, trying to sell yourself. But a, yeah. a lot of photographers get hung up on this notion that, well, okay, in order to be successful as a photographer, I need – 500,000 Instagram followers and, you know, somewhere similar in Facebook. Um, it, it's not the case, is it? it is, is because the, you need to find the discerning followers that are perhaps going to book you rather than just the vanity followers, which are it's more about ego. So do, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you, what you've got to, what you've got to do is remember your followers aren't there just for one little like. You, your followers are there hopefully to build up a community, and the, your followers, the more you can engage with your followers and talk to them, and they, they get to know you on a personal basis as well. The more that they're likely to, you know, when you put a comment up or when you upload something, the more likely they, they, they're going to, they're going to comment on it and they're going to engage on it, and and because they like you, because they respect you and they follow you. <clears throat> um, and you're building a relationship, which means they're not going to just use you once. They're going to use you time and time again. And I'd much rather have, you know, 500 followers who engage with me than 20,000 followers who just stick the odd like on and never comment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's, yes, um, the likes is a vanity thing. And, and wrongly or rightly, people judge um, how good a company is by the number of likes they've got. But when it comes down to to to, to money coming in the door, I'd rather have 500 engaging fans who are going to be buying from us on a, on a regular basis because, because they believe in me and they believe what I have to say. And, and, and we interact a lot more. And I, another thing with social media is that don't, don't be scared to let a bit of your personality come through as well. Um, 
you know, try to, don't don't be afraid of telling a little bit of about yourself so people get to know you a bit more. And it, it's okay to say, yeah, I went to see this great movie at the weekend and, and, and do a review on the movie because the chances are your clients got the pictures as well and watch movies. So you, as, as long as it's relevant to your industry um, or it just gives a little sneak preview into who you are as a person, then people, again, people are, have been able to engage with you a lot more and, and build up an idea of who you are. Yeah, because you're sharing stuff about yourself that a potential client might be saying, "Oh well, um, they like this. This photographer loves dogs, and they also love that particular movie. I love that movie. I also love." And then that you'll see other things in common, and you know you like you want want to in, in, engage and, and and work with you. So that makes perfect sense. So with social media. It, is it something that like there's so many different platforms and I, you know, I often see photographers getting really frazzled as to, well, I can't keep, oh, you know, I've got to post to Instagram, then I've got to post to Facebook, then I've got to go to LinkedIn and then I've got to do a snap and then I've got to do an Insta story. Should you be um, across all social media platforms so that you are like out there everywhere or are you more about focusing and, and uh, niching down to certain platforms? Are there ones that are better than others? Well, yeah, I would say de- definitely. And it, and it comes down to, it comes down to a couple of things, personal choice. Um, and I personally don't like Twitter. There's nothing the matter with Twitter. I just don't, I don't like the platform myself for me. I just find it a bit annoying and, uh, and I don't enjoy posting on it, but I do enjoy posting on LinkedIn. Right. So, so, so I've chosen LinkedIn, you know, a couple of years ago as one of my favorite, as, as a platform I wanted to explore more. And now obviously I've wrote books on LinkedIn. I do train on LinkedIn and I, I, I'm really enthusiastic and I love doing it. Uh, yep. But other people, other people don't like LinkedIn. Um, I also use Facebook a lot as well because I find Facebook is great um, for like the domestic side of things, you know, weddings and portraits and stuff like that. And it's, and it's probably the cheapest form of pay-per-click advertising you can get. So you can't, and, and the biggest social media platform in the world, so you can't really ignore Facebook. But I always say it's better to have, concentrate on maybe two, two to three social media platforms and do them well and try and do six social media platforms and make a crap job of doing them. You're better off. And the other good thing as well with social media is you can, you you could be a commercial photographer on LinkedIn and you can be a portrait photographer on Facebook. So you can, you can niche yourself down and you can be different people to different photographers to different clients. And if you have a commercial photographer on LinkedIn, you just stay doing commercial stuff on there. You talk about commercial stuff, you post commercial images and you become a, you know, a niche specialist in that field on LinkedIn on Facebook remember you know if you if you're a baby or pet photographer then there's no good you putting pictures of some trucks that you photographed on there because that's not going to be of relevance or of interest to your following um and I always in my, I always put it to imagine you have like two different rooms one room's a load of business people and the other one's a load of women who who've had kids you wouldn't walk into the room with all the women who's just had kids and start talking about business stuff because that wouldn't be of interest to them. But if you talk about kid related things and stories about babies, then they're going to engage yet. You wouldn't walk into the room full of businessmen and start talking about babies. Right. So imagine your, your social media platforms as two different rooms of people. You're going to, you're going to just talk about stuff that really interests them because you want them to talk, you want them to speak. And that's what social media is. It's, it's been social. So 
I mean, I see a lot of photographers uh, that, that when they're starting out and you're finding your way in, in the photography market and you, you're still kind of not really sure where you want to specialize in. So I see, I see this all the time with photographers coming through and, and um, working and with me, with the mentoring, is that they'll have – seven different categories on their website. So they're a baby photographer. They're also, they do weddings, but they do products and they do interiors. And often like as a client and you go to those websites, I can see because I'm a photographer, I can see what what the photographer is trying to do. It's like putting out this broad net and hopefully I'll catch someone because I do everything. So I'm going to try and have everyone like my work. I'm going to get more work that way. But it kind of doesn't work, does it? No, no. And and I think um, what it is for, for becoming – give you an example. I'm working with a client in uh, in the US at the moment. Uh, and his his LinkedIn profile was he was a um, he did food photography he did um, lifestyle uh, and he did portraiture uh, and this was uh, and he also did bands as well and this was all on his LinkedIn profile so we we looked at his niche um, and I says look I says one of the best things for LinkedIn you can be a you can be a family portrait photographer and stuff on your Instagram and on your your Facebook but for your LinkedIn why don't we make you just the food photography and we're not going to just call you a food photographer because you've worked in three different countries you're now an international fine food restaurant photographer so that sounds a lot better yeah. so we branded up yeah. his entire profile that made him sound a lot more premium the fact that he was international as well and within about i've only been working with the guy about four weeks uh, he's now got a contract coming on board for um, a big chain of hotels in the u.s uh, and the uh, restaurant sorry and um there's about ten of them in total, so we've got one. We've wow. got one restaurant which will be. We're gonna. He's gonna. They're gonna be booking him every single month. They're taking out a contract, so he's doing their social media on a monthly basis. Um, and then once you get this one contract, then they're looking at bringing that on board for another nine uh, hotels, which which could be bringing him in in a total of possibly be between eight and ten thousand a month for the whole lot. That's amazing, and, and that's just. You know, making him, making him, because he look, he now looks like um, he knows what he's talking about. Exactly, exactly. Now I want to do a really deep dive into LinkedIn with you, uh, but I've just got a couple of other questions that I just want to cover first. With uh, social media, like. I've got one beef that I have that is common with uh, the, the, the misuse of social media that I see across the board, and I'd like you to share some some of the mistakes that you think photographers are making. But mine is uh, someone will reach out a, a company or you know will reach out on any of the social media platforms, and as, as soon as I've accepted um, their connect, uh, the first thing that they do is I'll either get a DM or a post saying uh here here's all the things that i do um i can i can do this for you i can do that and and they're just selling straight away and it's almost for me it's a turn off it's like you know going walking into a party and as soon as you walk in the door you know someone's asking you if they can um ha- have some of your wine or only that <laughs> like the ask comes yeah. before we've even developed a relationship i i, I barely know 
know this person's surname and already it's like what they're hitting me up for, you know, to try and sell me something. So um, what what other mistakes do you think uh, and, and photographers in, in general are making when they're, when they're using their social media? What, what are we doing wrong? Well, I think that's it. I think the first, one of the biggest things is trying to sell because – Mm. What you want to do is you want to build relationships and people, people will buy from people alike. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the big things on, on LinkedIn is people straight away connecting and then selling the services. And I, I work through like a, a three or four step process. And I say, even by step three, you haven't given a price. Um, you just build, you, you've been of value. You're trying to help people. Um, and what happens is when you build a relationship, people respect you a lot more. Uh, it, it's actually, um, it goes against what people are expecting as well, because when you, when you give somebody something for free, so you like, like myself, I'll, you know, somebody will connect with me on LinkedIn and they'll ask for a bit of advice or they'll ask about my services. And then what I'll say is, you know, what is it you're struggling with? What do you need help with? And then I might head over to the website, give them a few tips. And what then happens is they think, Oh, hang on a minute. Where's the, where's the sales bit? The sales bit hasn't come mm. and they're not going to get a sales bit. Um, and then they sort of, because, because I've given, I've done something for free or helped them for free. They then feel obliged to, to take the relationship a bit further and start asking me about, about my services and, and how much it is. So when, when people, when people have bought from you because they genuinely have a relationship with you, it's a much stronger relationship that you build plus they don't feel they're being sold to they don't feel they're being bought under pressure and i never try and sell my services i just let people see the value of what i do and then they book and if they don't book they don't book um because there's plenty more who will and i think if everybody has that mindset a lot of photographers tend to really sort of you know a bridal inquire and then they'll send a price list out they'll either not follow yeah. you know they'll not follow up or if they do follow up it's like are you going to book you shouldn't do that. You should follow up and say, how's the wedding planning going? Make it all about them. Talk about them. See if you can help with them, you know, Be, and don't, don't sound like you want the business and don't sound like you're desperate for the business because then that will, that will make you feel it. That will make you come across as even more premium and even more high end because you're not, you're not chasing, chasing for the money. I totally agree. And I, I have picked up, uh, multiple six-figure clients by doing just that and and it's just um the, the the inquiry will come in and they'll say oh look this is what we're looking at doing and we're looking at rates and before I, i'd never discuss rates i then i'll then ask tell me more about the job and then there's there's clients where i've said okay so i'm on your website now i'm having a look um have you considered doing this and i'm just i just noticed here have you ever thought about doing that and and then there might be like a 20 minute conversation that happens and then I'll, I'll let it go at that and I'm like okay let me know if I can help you further yeah. and then from there that they've gone oh wow you're the first person that's actually offered us anything a lot of photographers will come in at that phone call and say I'm not going to make a single suggestion uh, as to how this shoot should go or 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 what you should have in place until we've got a contract signed. And that's going to put a lot of um, prospective clients off. So I think that um, being generous and offering value, I think is a good thing. Once in my career has it turned around, has a client uh, taken all the advice I've given them and then hired another photographer to do exactly what I I said, only once. So I, I guess that's just a matter of averages, but I think as a general rule, 
rule, uh, it works to, to be, you know, offer that sort of value to your clients. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well is if, if you can show that you're personal, you're sure that you're really out there to help and it, 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 you come across as very genuine. Um, and, yeah. and, 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 well, not come across. You are yeah, genuine. If yeah. you care about the work, um, you know, the, the first thing you should be concerned about is what are the needs of your client and how, how can you uh, make this one of the best experiences they've ever had so that then they go away and tell all their friends about it. And not only that, they're, 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 they're excited and, um, you know, happy with the result. Yeah, that's totally right. I mean, you might, you know, you, you might not get that book in there and then, but I've done it before. I've spoke to people. Uh, I've given them a, a few tips and advice. You know, they've remembered it. They, even with the free tips and advice, they've left us a fantastic review on LinkedIn or Facebook, which in itself, their testimonial is gold us because other people will see that. And I'll share that testimonial on my wall. Uh, even though they haven't been a paying client, but then three months down the line, I'll just get a message or an inbox to, totally out of the blue. Hi, Jeff. Hope you're well. You know, um, I'm, I'm now in a better position. I've got a bit more money. I'd like to book on, you know. Uh, so, so it, you know, people, people will remember what you've done for them uh, and they mightn't come back to you straight away. They might come back to you in six months time, a year's time. Um, but you will have, but then you will have built a client for life. You will have to repeat client um, because you don't want just somebody who you just want to get the money off and, and forget about you want to build relationships so they're going to come back they're going to recommend you to the friend because it's so much hassle trying to get one client and then just serve them and then never never get them again you know you want to build a fantastic relationship so they will go out they will be your sales force and they will tell everybody else about them yeah, and then they're raving about your work. Yeah, yeah if, you do, if you do that great job and it's all unexpected. So uh, another thing that you talk about, and I know this is going to um, cause a lot of photographers to have a huge reaction, is you talk about pricing and uh, doubling your pricing, which, I, I, you know, I can feel a lot of people going, gulp, there's no way I don't value what I do enough to be doubling the pricing. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think, well, well one, of the, one of the biggest things you got to remember we live in a, a consumer society and, and it, if if price was the only thing people bought on then brands like mercedes bmw um you know all, all these really louis Vuitton places like that they, they wouldn't exist because there's much cheaper sometimes better alternatives but mm. people buy on the perception that um um price is a reflection of quality so even if even if you're never going to sell your top package, it's always good to have a very expensive top package because straight away, and you have that you have that sort of ball be at the top of your price list because it's easier to downsell than it is to upsell. So if you you know if I said to you we well, can boot me for um, five thousand dollars, you said Jeff I can't afford that. I said well I do have another package for three thousand, you know. But what what you've done straight away in your mindset is you think wow if he charges five thousand dollars he he must be good. And that's what people do. They, they, they right. look, you know, obviously you can't have a really crappy website and, 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 and logo and design, you know, your brand has to back it up. So your brand has to, if you look at like a lot of, like in the UK, a lot of supermarkets have this brilliant concept and this is how they make a load of money, um, is they will have maybe a, you know, a standard cheesecake, um, which will sell for, you know, two dollars three dollars and then they'll have the premium deluxe super 
Tis the Difference cheesecake. And that cheesecake will be in a really fancy <laughs> box. It will have the gold lettering on. Yeah. The colours will be like purples, gold, silvers. And it will not be a cheesecake. It will be a super indulgent deluxe cheesecake. But when, you, when you've when you done the... I, I did there was some research on it a uh, couple of weeks ago, and it, it, it was fascinating because it said most of these cheesecakes, what they do is it's just the standard cheesecake. And all they've done is yeah. they put some chocolate sprinkles and swirls on the top to make it look a bit fancier. And then they... Yeah. You know, 90% of the extra spend on that product is in the packaging, not in the actual cheesecake you're eating yourself. But when they, when they, when they package it up and make it look premium, people go, oh, I think I'll have a treat this weekend. I'll buy that one. Um, but you're not buying a lot more product. You're buying a lot more packaging. And that's what you really want to be doing with you. You know, you're giving, you're giving a, a lot to your client as in your, your services, but you want your services to look premium so people have that sense of belief that they, they, they're getting they're getting value for money from a premium service so you've got to you've got if, if you're going to have a high price your high price has got to you've got to look expensive and and then when you look expensive and you have a high price then people believe that you're top quality but then you know as you sell down you will have you have maybe five prices you start with a very top price and then you've got five various packages and your your bottom package might be what you currently or or just below what you're currently charging now. And I've done this with so mm-hmm. many clients where they're oh Jeff I can't do it you know been kicking and screaming and I says well I'll tell you what I'd, if you don't do it I'll not work with you. I says, do just do it you know just just wow. do it listen to what I say just do it you know and it all comes down to confidence. And I worked with a guy in Scotland last year and he'd been doing weddings for eighteen years. He's left reviews on my yeah. website, Doogie. He's a fantastic guy, but he he was really struggling with his pricing. Uh, we tripled his pricing, and he was kicking. Tripled, yeah, Jesus. yeah. And he was he was kicking and screaming, and he says, "Jeff, he says he says you work with clients in London, New York, Paris, all over the world." He says, "I," he says, "I'm on the west coast of Scotland, just outside of Glasgow." He says, "The money isn't there," and I says, "Well, you know what, Doogie?" I says, "Actually, the money is there." I says, and funny enough, I says, I used to work about 10 miles from where you live uh, when I worked on search and rescue for the Navy. And I says, so I know the area very well. I was up there for three years. And I says, there's loads of golf courses. There's loads of premium hotels. <laughs> Donald Trump actually has a hotel not far from where you live. You know, these are premium top hotels. And I says, so the money comes in for the weddings. The money comes in, the money comes into the area. It might not be a very wealthy area, but money does come into the area. And I says, what we've got to do is we've just got to rebrand you, get your prices up there. Uh, and, and we did it. And he had a wedding fair about four weeks later. And his most expensive package he ever sold was 895, but he was, uh, sorry, it was 995, but he was averaging sales of six to 695 to 750. Dollars. Uh, 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 right. UK pounds. Uh, so so yeah. we, um, we re did his price list, everything, and we started with his top package was 2500 Um He went to the wedding fair and he took five bookings, two for the top package and three for 1700 And now, uh, this is like, that, that was in January, you know, now four or five months on, talking to Doogie, and he says, if he doesn't book a wedding for more than £1,600, he's really disappointed. He's Wow. But he's not giving them any more. He's not, you know, we, we, oh, maybe we've repackaged everything up differently. We've made the brand look different. And he's still, 
doing exactly the same thing as he was um, six or eight months ago. We're just using different words. We're using different colors, different fonts. Um, and we've yeah. got that high, high expensive package up there so people can see he's a premium. Because he is a premium. He's been doing it for 18 years, but he just didn't value what he did, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, that was one of the, you know, that was really rewarding because Duke is a fantastic look. He's a really lovely guy. Uh, and he was working, he's not going to see a massive, um, increase this year because most of his bookings have come in for 2019. But what he is able to do is in 2019 to read because of the bookings he's getting now is he's able to reduce from doing 50 weddings a year down to about 30 and still make more, still more, more, more money, but have more time off with his wife to go to the caravan that they've just bought. So that's, you know, it's, it, he's created a much better quality life. And he even said to us, and he said, he's put this on my um, Facebook page. He says, Jeff, you've made us fall back in love with photography. Oh, that's amazing. He, that's he, amazing. He was getting to the point where he was hitting it. He was, you know, yeah, 50 weddings a year and he was working his backside off for not, not a massive amount of money, you know. All right, so we've got some um, some good points that you've covered so far. So it's about like you firstly you want to um, select a niche. You don't want to be spreading yourself out over several niches. Yeah. So you, you, you've got that that niche selected. You want to make sure that you've got a brand out there. Like you want to look expensive, so you want to have that covered. So beautiful design and uh, a high end looking, which it doesn't have to be a high end website, but it needs to be well-designed and well-worded and easy to navigate so that there's no question as what it is you do as a photographer yeah. and you've got your pricing uh, locked down. And then we talk about like using, making the most of your time each day as a photographer. So that's not getting up and spending all day retouching images that like other photographers are going to like. You want images that the client's you know, are going to see and like, and that's something different. So you talk about using your time wisely and maybe tackling the social media aspect of your business first in the day, if it's something that you don't like, and then selecting one or two uh, photog uh, social media platforms that you want to work with. And one of the ones that you talk about, and I actually agree with you here, is LinkedIn is uh, an, an, like one of those social media platforms that everyone looks at and says, well, that's for business people. They look at it and I don't understand it. It's not like, you know, Instagram where y you can have 50 million um, people following and liking your stuff, but they're, they're not going to convert to sales. What is it about LinkedIn that you think is a, such a goldmine for photographers? Well, LinkedIn gives you the, the opportunity to, to connect with um, so many different people from so many different markets. So you can really niche yourself down on LinkedIn. Now, you know, if I, if I told you to become like a, a hospitality trade photographer, it doesn't mean you can't do yep. portraits because you can be a portrait photographer and a wedding photographer on Facebook. But going back to that scenario I said about just talking to the people in the party who were interested, you know, talking to the businessmen in the room. If you're looking for, if you if you own a hotel and you're you're needing work, you're needing some photographs doing, 
um, and you're looking on LinkedIn and you're scrolling down and you see loads of different photographers and, and, and they're all, they've all got commercial stuff on there, but they've also got pictures of babies and dogs and weddings. And then all of a sudden you come across a guy who is, um, his LinkedIn profile is a hospitality trade photographer, you know, and, and his, his strap line under that, underneath that is, you know, uh, getting your more, getting you more clients or getting your hotel more bookings with images that create the wow factor. Straight away, you're going to go, wow, this is, this is, this is interesting because this guy specializes in what the trade I'm in. You're relevant. He's relevant to, to what you're looking for. Now, the, then what happens is you start to build a relationship where because you meet that person's needs exactly, price isn't the buy-in decision. You know, yep. because these, these people, right, ultimately you've got to think that people don't buy photographs because they want photographs. They want something else. Now, the guy who's buying photographs for the hotel doesn't want nice, pretty pictures. Effectively, what he wants is more guests booking his hotel. Um, so right. the, you, people are buying a solution to a need. Their need is that they need more people in the hotel. Um, and what better way to do it than with images? Because, you know, you go on booking.com and stuff like that. You, you will book a hotel at the other side of the world um, just purely on the basis of the, the reviews and the TripAdvisor reviews and the and the, the professional photographs you you might get there and it looks nothing like it but <laughs> by then the, the deal is done but you you know people will be and it's like um food photography as well you know one of the biggest things on uh on facebook that gets the most likes you know is dogs babies and food everybody takes a picture <laughs> and if you've got a restaurant who's, who's very active and they're putting on great pictures that that um you know, that their followers can virtually smell and taste in the news feeds, that's going to make them take action. That's going to make them say, right, I'm going to be yeah. at that hotel this weekend or that restaurant. We're going to go there and have that because that steak looked awesome. Um, so the, the, when you're selling your services, you've got to sell the solution. You've got to find out what the client really wants. They don't want photographs. They want, you know, a bride doesn't just want photographs. She wants to feel absolutely amazing. She wants a, a fantastic, uh, hassle-free day that she can, enjoy with all the people she loves and cares about the most, but she wants her photographs taken um, at the same time. And she doesn't want to worry about that. She just wants to know that she's going to have an amazing photograph. So you're always selling them something more. You've got to look deeply into your business and, and find out what it is you're giving the people other than just photos because all the other competitors are going to try and sell photos. You're going to try and sell something else. The, the experience as well. So like, all right, so we're setting up a, a LinkedIn profile for photographers who perhaps don't have one or they've got one and it's like John Smith photographer. So what's wrong with putting yourself, that, that says what you do, it gives your name. What's the problem with that as a start? And then underneath it, there is nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. haven't bothered to fill in the rest. And there's a photo of uh, half of them uh, probably taken on uh, their wedding day or when they were a groomsman. It's like the best photo they've got on themselves and they, they tack that up and there isn't even a, a background image. Yeah, well, I think the, the first, you, you've got to think when people connect with you on LinkedIn, there's, there's three things that they see initially. It's your professional headline your job title, well, mm. you name your professional headline and job title and obviously your photograph. Um, you need to have a good photograph of yourself there. Um, mm. And it, it needs to be, you know, you, 
your image, pe- people will buy on, or people will connect on first impressions. And, and I, I'm guilty of doing it myself. Somebody will go with to connect. And I'll think, oh God, he looks a bit dodgy. Or, you know, <laughs> 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 it might be a really, really nice guy, but we will make, yeah. we will make a decision um, about a person within a couple of seconds just by their looks yes. alone. Now, if yeah. if you have an image that is is detrimental to to yourself, then you've then got to work really hard to change that other person's mindset. Um, and and the other thing is is a big mistake a lot of photographers do is that their profile image is their logo. You know, people aren't buying off a logo. People, no. it's 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 a face to face thing. It's it's like a, you know it's a network. You're building relationships. You wouldn't go to a business breakfast meeting and stick a bag on your head. You know, people want to see yeah. you face to face and, and build a relationship yeah. with you. Um, so yeah, so, so a really good photograph and then you need y- your job title needs to be, um, what it is you do direct for that particular niche that you're going for. So you don't want to just be a general photographer because everybody else is, yeah. um, go for a particular niche. And this is where a lot of my clients really fight with us because they'll be, well, Jeff, if, if I'm a restaurant photographer, that means I can't take pictures of this. I can't take pictures of that. Um, I'll say, yeah, but what would you prefer to be a restaurant photographer who's getting paid two or three times more than you were ever going to get paid as a normal photographer um, and be more sought after? And then what I do, yeah. what I do to, what I tend to turn around to 90% of my clients before we, you know, when I get this resistance and I'll say, all right, then I'll tell you what, tell us honestly, how much money have you made from LinkedIn in the past year? And there's usually a silence and they say, well, I, well, I've never made any money on LinkedIn. So exactly. So if I tell you to, if you do it the way I'm telling you to do it and we start this connection process and you connect with an ex- exact niche, yes, it, may, it might take four weeks, it might take eight weeks, but you will notice a, a massive difference. But what will happen is you'll start making money because you're a specialist. And the thing with LinkedIn is it's a different set of people. These aren't Groupon people. These aren't you know, freebie no. hunters. The average wage earning on LinkedIn as a worldwide is about eighty thousand dollars US. So these these yeah. people are, are people with higher disposable income, and they're all business people who are out there trying to promote their business. And what's the biggest thing that businesses need for promotion now is images, because everything is digital. Exactly. Um, so it's a it's just getting your head around that thing that you don't want to cast your net wide. You want to narrow down and target a particular niche. You're not going to lose other clients because you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got loads of other social media platforms to do your other types of photography on. Just try and make yourself a premium on LinkedIn for a particular niche. Exactly. And I'm just looking on your LinkedIn account here and you in the um, where you uh, people have given recommendations, you can see exactly what you're talking about, about that niching down and making your um, – everything super, super clear because it's going to make it much easier for uh, prospective clients to find you. So you've got uh, like there's John Cooper, filmmaker, photographer, drone pilot, and um, th- then there's uh, another one, uh, Nathan Hutchinson, specialist oil and gas photographer. Can you get any more niche than that? And then he's helping the oil and gas industry create content for their online marketing and high-impact photography and video yeah niche ads yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know um steve is an architecture and interiors photographer dedicated to creating inspiring and creative photography of architecture and design it tells 
the client everything that you do. So I guess when the client is doing a search, they're going to, they're not going to just put photographer in there because they're going to get 50,000 uh, boudoir and wedding photographers and baby photographers ahead of the interiors specialist that they're looking for. So if you've got that in your, uh, so what's the second line? So you've got the who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Is that how you set it out? Yeah, yeah. So you, so, so you've got your, your your name, but what I, what what I do, which is a little bit sneaky, it's it's, it's actually against LinkedIn's guidelines, but I always. Um, because when you fill in your LinkedIn profile, you've got name, first name and surname, you, and and then you go you occupation. You put the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah, so I put my whole name and my first name. So my first name is Jeff Brown, and my surname yeah. is hyphen. Um, I can't remember what I am. Author. Author uh, yeah. and photography marketing mentor. Yeah. I've done exactly the same thing, so I've also broken uh, LinkedIn's rules yeah. uh, as well. I've, I've put my name, Gina Militia, photographer, uh, and then, you know, you, you put uh, what is my full profile say. Um, I'm a commercial photographer specializing in lifestyle advertising and editorial portraits for the television and film industry, Fantastic. so I've even uh, niched that down. Now, there's a great opportunity also for photographers on that that home page you've got the cover the background image behind the headshot and i see a lot of uh people wasting that opportunity so uh you can put up a, a couple of uh images there that show what you do so when someone is checking out your work they see that background image they don't have to click onto a a website they can see uh well here's you know the type of photography that you're talking about in your um in your description there. So is, is, is that something that you'd recommend making use of that background? Image? Oh yeah, definitely. And get, you know, get it, get it maybe professionally designed, go on fiverr.com, you know, you can, you, we can, we can all get designed and now from all over the world for, 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 for next to nothing, you know, but really good quality design as well. And, and what I think what you should do is not, not on your, on the background image, not put what you do, but what it is you do for the client. So you have your strap line on there. You don't just take photographs, you you know you, you create images that images that create the wow factor and get more bookings for your hotel or whatever it is. All right, so you put that on the background image. Put that on the background I'm image. That. Yeah, I'm so, take that. yes, so, so, I'm going to take that advice so that they see that as well. Yeah. that's great. I think, I think as well, the initial whenever whenever people connect with you on LinkedIn, um, they, they feel quite safe on LinkedIn. Um, um, yeah, and and link initially, what will happen is the first few. Um, messages that will go backwards and forwards will be within the LinkedIn platform. Um, some yeah. people are, some people don't like the eye, especially because there's so much spamming on LinkedIn as well. Uh, especially from, you know, um, a lot of third world countries is people are very scared to click out of LinkedIn. They, 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 they don't want to click on a link in case they're going to get a virus or something like that. So until the relationship goes to the next level, a lot of people tend to stay within the LinkedIn. So if your profile can focus purely on what you are within there, quite often there's no need for them to go to a website because the profile gives them everything they need to know relevant to there. So if you're a, a food photographer, then all your profile has a lot of pictures of food, talks about food, talks about gourmet, you know, using loads of different keywords to express the same thing throughout your profile. Uh, there's no need to have this big, huge CV type 
layout it's not a it's 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 not a cv thing on linkedin anymore you know it, it's it's all about the client what you can do for the client and what your your niche is and your speciality is and how you can make their life better how you can offer a solution to them it kind of just struck me as you were saying that not leaving the uh, the LinkedIn platform and, and, and your clients wanting to feel safe, it's a lot like dating, isn't it? So it's kind of like you have the first coffee meeting, you suss each other yeah, out yeah, yeah. and uh, you're, not, you're not giving them your home address and phone number until like, you know, you may be a couple of dates in or three dates in and you've sort of can, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, kind of like yeah, this person. Yeah, totally, totally. I want to take it to the next level, I guess. Totally good. Well, I, 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 can, so, I can relate to that because I'm on Tinder at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> are you using your uh are you using all your strategies on tinder as well to find dates yeah but it's not worked very well it's not worked so far it's worked slightly differently on women on tinder <laughs> oh dear um all right. So, and going down, I mean, you're, I'm looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile here. And so do you think it, it is important to fill in all those categories, like to show uh, past experience where you've worked be, because you can have so much content on there. Um, is that worthwhile doing just filling in every single bit of uh, information that's there, including education and um volunteer experience and um things that you might like as well so what what's the importance uh, I would, of doing I would say, all of that again it, keep it relevant you know you don't want it uh, it's much better to have a, a very uh, more condensed profile that's high impact and 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 speaks volumes to your particular niche than having a really long drawn out one with loads and loads of experience and different jobs that are of no relevance i give you a couple of examples i mean if you look at mine there's, there's, yep. there's all the stuff on there is relevant to the photography side. So I do put my uh, Royal Navy stuff in, but that just backs yep. up the fact that I was a Royal Navy photographer. So because I'm selling to photographers, it also backs up the fact that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just a marketer. I'm one of you guys. I, I'm a photographer yep. as well. And it's also got my weddings and, and, and commercial side of things on there. But a client I, I'm working with in London at the moment, he's gone down the route, a very niche profile. Um, and he's doing uh, headshots, but headshots for the banking and financial services industry. Oh um, my God! And, yes. <laughs> but what he, what he's doing is his. We, he says, "What about my previous job? Shall I leave that on there?" Well, his his actual background is banking. Uh, he, he, he's very high. Uh, he was very high up with Barclays. Um, and I says, "Well, we'll leave that on there because that is relevant to your clients, you know." Because if his background was something, if he'd been a dog walker or something like that, then it probably wouldn't be relevant. And so you just leave that off. So you would just talk about your photography. So if 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 um, if you're like a, a photographer and you've you shoot in the fashion industry, but you've had experience within fashion design and stuff like that, mm. and you did a degree in fashion design at college, even though it's not photography, it's still relevant. So that would be, yes, that would be well worth putting on your LinkedIn profile because it's all related to what you're actually doing. With the LinkedIn profile, are you only allowed to have one? Can you have more than one if you wanted to do multiple niches? Uh, again, in the terms and conditions of LinkedIn, you should only have one LinkedIn profile. Um, however, I do have several clients um, who have the, – yeah. I, I suppose it all comes down to the fact is how long you can get away with it for. I, I mean, I've you know, like yourself, I've, I've got my – um, my job title in my second name, yep. but on a few occasions I've had to contact LinkedIn about something, about a, a problem with my profile or a problem with 
um, not being able to connect with people or something like that. Uh, so I've sent a message to LinkedIn's help desk and then they've messaged me back to that profile, which has got me first name and second name in the first name. And they've, ne- they've never picked it up. And, you know, I've got 12,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I don't know, I don't yeah. know when it's eventually going to be picked up if it ever will be. Uh, but I, I mean, do they expect that everybody's going to sit and read the terms and conditions before they open a, a LinkedIn account? Probably no. not, you know, so. All right. So once we've got all of that in place, what, what, what do we then do? Do you just then go and follow a hundred thousand people? Do you, do we connect with everyone who asks us to connect? This is my, um, like, I'm never sure who, who do I add and who don't I, and who do you reach out to? So like, what's your strategy for that? Well, from my point of view, I will, I will accept a connection request of anybody who wants to connect with us because I, Really? Uh, yeah, because I you you tend to it for you know firstly you could um uh you give you an example that guy who I just spoke about uh he was uh, a vice president at Barclays in London now he connected with me mm. and I'm thinking what the hell is a, a vice president at Barclays Bank want to connect with me for um after a few chats found out that he was leaving his job to retire to become a full time photographer so you know. No, well, that makes yeah, not everyone is yeah. going to connect with me is going to be a photographer. A lot of people, have, in fact, I do have a lot of clients who, who have other jobs. So, you know, they, they want a, they want a smooth transition. They want to build a business up, come out their, their current job and then become a full-time photographer without that dip in wages. Um, hopefully going into having a lot more wages than what they're currently on. So, so when they connect with you, their job title is currently what they're doing now. Um, yeah. So I will, I will, I will accept connections of anybody. Um, because another thing is you get a lot of, um, you get a lot of surprises on LinkedIn, which is fantastic. You know, yeah. um, I, I've, I write for two mag- magazines, which both come from LinkedIn. Uh, I get a lot of people contacting us for sponsorship deals again, just purely from LinkedIn. Um, but then when I go the other side, when I go for the connection side, because I'm, I'm wanting to connect with photographers, then yes, I do go niche and I do connect. So I, I do a search on LinkedIn for photographers. And, and what I normally do is I do it by a particular area. So um, one week I might connect with photographers in London. The next week it might be Sydney. The next week it might be New York. So I go through a particular connection process where I'll pick particular areas and connect connect with those and every connection I send out has a connection request message and the connection request message is personalized with that person's name as well. All right. So it's not just, you just don't do a random, um, ad and, and do you think it's important to add that message that, 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 that personal touch when you're reaching out to people? Yeah. And also what you want to do is, you know, if you want to connect with them, you want them to know why you want to connect with them. So my, my, uh, connection message basically says, hi, and then the person's name, uh, and then just says, my name is Jeff Brown. I'm a professional, um, photography marketer and mentor. And it just says, I help photographers like yourself make a lot more money. Uh, I'd love to connect so you can follow me for free tips and advice. I'm giving something away. I'm not trying to sell anything. Uh, and, yep. and because of that approach, I probably get um, about an 80% connection um, right. process. You know, because and I'm so- not trying to sell anything. I don't mention, I don't mention anything about sales. I'm, I'm giving them something for free. 
So so how does that look if you're trying to connect with uh, a brand or, you know, the HR department of someone that you want to work with? Let's say that you are that food photographer and you're looking to reach out to potential clients. Like how would that message look if you don't want to look like you're just trying to hit them up for work? Um, One good thing that I always do is to try and take the things to the next level is whatever niche you're in. Um, try and show your expertise by putting together a PDF brochure or something, something for free, something that you give for free. Um, mm. So what happens is those people get that connection with you and then you follow up with something for free. So say, for instance, food photography, you're connecting with restaurants and your opening message could be like, you know, hi. It's, it's quite hard with the opening message because you're limited to 300 characters, so you've got to play about with it and get it, get right. it really high impact in 300 characters. Yep. But you'd say, hi, my name's such and such, um, professional food photographer. I help restaurants like yourself um, get more bums on seats, book more tables with images that create the wow factor. I have a great, gu- I have a great guide on how to utilize your, your images for social media. Would you like a copy or something like that? So you're not trying to sell to them. You're saying, look, and you're obviously already putting images on your Facebook page with your iPhone or whatever. I've got a grid. You can even give them something like a tip on how to take better pictures on your iPhone. Right. Fantastic. That, that, so it's all yeah, about the giving. giving. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll go, Oh, that, that was really good, but we're going to need some professional ones done anyway, eventually, you know? Um, so don't be afraid to give stuff away. Don't be afraid because at the end of the day, there's so much stuff out there. You know, you could probably get the, the plans to a stealth bomber or something like that on the internet. You, nothing, yeah, you not, can. Nothing's, Not that I've been. <laughs> nothing's, nothing's secret, <laughs> is it? You know, you can find anything you no. want out. So, yeah. But people be are very, very protective of giving stuff away for free because, oh, why should I give them that? I said, well, because if you don't give them it, somebody else can. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're reaching out first with personalized message. Give give a little gift. So it's like when you're turning up to someone's house, you want to bring a plate of cookies. And I'm sure all of these strategies would work for your Tinder to your dating profile. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you've, you've done all of that. You've done the giving. How do you then uh, continue to like when, at, at no stage are you hitting anyone up for work. What What are you doing then? What's your next strategy to uh, connect with with your clients on LinkedIn? After you've made that contact, you've got them as a uh, what are they? Are they followers or you're connected yeah, with them? Yeah, I think. Uh, by the way, how many can you have? Uh, well, connections. I think it's. I think currently is it about twenty five thousand? But you can have unlimited followers. Oh, it's twenty five. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, and unlimited, unlimited followers. followers. And yeah. do you connect? Do you connect or follow? What uh, uh, connecting you can actually email with is following. You just see their stuff. Is That's that right. right. Yeah. So if you if you just following somebody, um, the only way you can connect with them is by sending them an an in mail. Uh, of which you get, I think, about 15 a month on a standard account. I think it's 15 or maybe five. Right. Uh, obviously, in a on premium account, you get a lot more. Um, and that's something I should say as well, that um, if, if you're first starting out on LinkedIn, uh, don't sign up for a premium account. You get a 30 days free trial anyway. Um, wait right. till you start making a bit of money before you sign up. And I, I got to 10,000 followers, which is, is quite a high amount of followers on LinkedIn, especially when they're all photographers as yeah. well. Uh, before yeah. I ended up reverting over to a, a premium, because it's not cheap, it's what's fifty nine pounds. So, 
And is it worth it? Is that more for just checking out what, what's going on um, and who's looking at your it, stuff well, or what do you use it for? Um, it, it's worth it because I get unlimited uh, profile views and unlimited connections. If you the, Once you start connecting on a, a mass scale like you know, I, I am on a daily basis. So I've got somebody who does that for me now. Um, and, and profile views, then LinkedIn will start to flag up your account and say, look, you, you've, you've exceeded your commercial limit or your, or your personal right. limit. You're now starting to go commercial. Come on, we need some money out, out of you. But if you think like last month in just one week, I made about six six thousand um, pounds from new clients on LinkedIn. If you div- divide right. that up, that's like, it's, what's 12 pound I've spent on LinkedIn fees? to get yeah, six steps yeah, back. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. You, would, you wouldn't get that on Facebook ads. No way. All right. So once, like, so you're out there, what, what is your strategy then for like continuing to connect? Is it just like other social media where do you, do you need to post to um, show that you're an expert in your field and is it regular posting? Are you looking at other profiles, liking their work? Is it that, that same sort of strategy where you're engaging and uh, being offering value? Yeah. I mean, what I, what I do is I have, I send out the initial connection uh, and then, uh, once they've accepted, they get a follow-up connection with whatever it is that's for free, maybe that PDF or something like that. And then what I do is I have um, I have a, a spreadsheet, and it'll have connection sent, second connection, uh, or, or follow-up message sent. So I'll tick that off. And then when that follow-up message goes out um, with the freebie, if I get any form of response back from that, then those people then go onto what's called my hot list. So if I get a thanks for that, Jeff. <laughs> the hot yeah. list. Again, that would work for the, the Tinder account. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. a hot list. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I get one back and also like, you know, thanks for that, Jeff. Find it really interesting. Uh, I'm going to have a read through that brochure. So you can't expect that person to definitely come back to you. So what happens is he gets moved onto the what's called the hot list. And then with the hot list, I will then make a point of on a daily basis going through and viewing activity on everybody on my hot list. So say for instance, uh, you're on my hot list and I'll, I'll go on and I'll, I'll look um, and say, oh, I wonder what Gina's been up to today. So I'll go on and you've posted some pictures uh, of a, a recent shoot you've done for a, a pop star or something like that. Then I will, I will yeah. like that, but then I'll also comment. What better way to, to build a relationship with a, a client than a bit of flattery, you know? So you're like, yeah. wow, Gina, that's fantastic. Really love the images, blah, blah, blah. Now you, you go, Oh, who's, who's commented? Oh, Jeff. Oh God. I, that, that was that guy who sent us the stuff about marketing. Um, right. and it, it, what it do is building that relationship. So you're not, you're not messaging back saying, hi, Gina, are you going to book us? You, you, yeah. you, you're liking everything they're doing. And, and eventually they'll go, Oh, I'm going to connect with him. You know? So you let them come to you. Um, the next thing is you could always give it two or three weeks and just follow up. But if you follow up, always follow up, go, do a bit of research before you do your follow up. So go into there, have a look on their website, have a look uh, at their Facebook feed and then talk, ask a few questions. Because if you ask a few questions, they're they then going to have to come back and answer them. So just being right. on your website, it's fantastic. Really, you know, have you had professional photos done before? I love the pictures. So stipulate on something, talk about something within the website or, or the social media that they can straight away tell that you have actually just yeah. been on there, you know? Uh, right. And then they'll answer back and then basically you get the conversation going and then <clears throat> quite often it'll lead to something like, oh, tell you what, give us a phone call. We'll, we'll talk about this in person. 
So it sounds like a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's people listening going, oh my God, that's like so much work. But if you plan out your day and maybe like on days that you're not out there shooting and if you're actively seeking clients and you put these strategies to work and maybe, you know, invested, like say the, the, the next year doing this, it, like following this, I, I reckon you'd be going really well in a year's time, like doing that engaging and and, and making that like, to, to, what is it, 30 minutes a day that you'd spend yeah, doing that? 30, to, yeah. to get I mean, out. if you think you do your connections, maybe 30 to 50 connections a day, and then you send your follow outs. Remember, your follow ups are all pre templated. So the only thing you're changing is the, the name of the person. So you're copy and pasting the script in and you send it out because you're yep. all aiming at the particular niche. Then you might have out of 100 follow ups you send, you might only have 10% who've actually messaged back. That are yep. on your hot list, so you view their activity that particular day. There's there's sort of like hacks for that way. You can do it a lot quicker, you know. So you do that, um, and then and then that's it. Now you that is by viewing their activity. I class that as because you've got two forms of 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 being active. You've got passive um, and active. So active is going out there and commenting. Passive is doing your own posts. So you comment on other people's posts that creates engagement, but also by putting out your own posts on maybe a, a daily basis or at least maybe three times a week, you know, right. if you're, if you're a, um, a hotel photographer, again, we'll go back to the hotels, then maybe three times a week, put a photograph of a hotel that you photographed on and tell a bit of a story. So don't say, Oh, great yep. photograph taken with a Canon this, that, that they're not interested in your photography. Rubbish. No. What you want to do is you want to put on, uh, I had a, a great shoot the other day for best Western hotels. Uh, they've got some fantastic views from the bedrooms, but, um, you know, despite trying from their, their iPhones, they couldn't get it. Um, so this is, so you tell a story about what you did and what the client needed yep. and what you did to, to offer their solutions. So you put that on, um, and, Remember that everybody else in your newsfeed, if you're targeting a particular industry, everybody else in your newsfeed is going to be a hotel owner. So they're then yeah. suddenly going to see that. Oh, the best restaurants had that done. Oh, it looks quite cool, actually. You know, so they, what you're doing is you subliminally sell them, to, but you're not selling them to them because you're just telling stories. You're telling how you offered solutions and it, it makes it, as opposed to just putting a pretty picture up then they suddenly yeah. see why they needed that pretty picture. They needed the pretty picture because they couldn't get the views out the windows when they're trying to take pictures from the, they couldn't balance the light from the camera phone that they were using. Exactly. And, and, it, and it works. This sort of, um, this sort of approach does work. So you, you, you're offering value, you're never selling and, uh, you're, you, you, you're making sure that your profile is niche down. Is there anything, uh, I've forgotten in, in that little list? <laughs> uh, no, no, I think, I think that you, you pretty much cover the, the fundamentals. Obviously we, we, um, we, you can go a lot deeper into it, but you know, yeah. using just that, that, um, that kind of, you know, being consistent, doing this on a daily basis. I've got clients who have within three months are turning over 10,000, um, a month yeah. in their particular niche, you know, um, which you're not going to get sitting and retouching that same photo for your website every day for three yeah, I mean, months. If you think it's one, not going to work. One of my so. best performing, um, clients, um, on LinkedIn uh, for the shortest period of time, I only worked with them for, well, we'd only been working together three months 
uh, and I couldn't get hold of him anymore. He, he was a nightmare to get hold of. I thought, <laughs> thought I'd upset him. Um, and it was yeah. because he was so busy. And he, his his job is uh, based in Switzerland, uh, Fabrizio Viganali, his name is, you'll find him on LinkedIn. Uh, and he's an ice hockey photographer. And we, we basically, we, we niched his profile, did all these connections, putting stuff out there. And he ended up getting um, um, a job for the equivalent of uh, the premiership, like the, the top uh, wow. ice hockey. But he did, he did he did that. He got a contract for them. So he's working with them on a, on a monthly basis. But then what happened, he started working for them. They're sponsored by Tag Watches. Tag then contacted him, says, oh, we love your pictures. Can you come do some work for, for us? And he did some work for Tag. And then he got contacted by Formula One. This is all. There you all go. Sweet Look months, at that. You know? And he's like, uh, and then he, he did get back to us about two months after that and says, Jeff, I'm really sorry. I've just been so busy. But when I first started working with him, he was an IT programmer uh, and he was doing his photography on the night. And within three months, he left his job um, and he was living the dream. And he, he's been away yeah. in three different countries in the world doing photography. And this is just purely by consistency, niching it down, being consistent, doing it on a daily basis. Did the job and he's living the dream. Now, this, like, we could go and we've, we've gone a little bit over, but, like, it's such all such good content and I, I could probably talk to you for another three hours on this. But you do have a, uh, a book out there on, is it Amazon, that covers all these strategies on LinkedIn in depth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it takes in the, it, it's, it's, it's an idiot's guide sort of thing. It's 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 written. It's quite simple to understand. It's only fifty odd pages, mm. uh, and it's it, it's yep. written in the same way I'm speaking now. It's like you know, as if you're chatting to somebody yep. down the pub, uh, and and all the connection requests and scripts and everything is is in the book, um, and yeah, I put it up for a cheap price. I think it's only three pound odd anyway. Uh, it's just really yep. you know, I just want to help photographers make money. I work with a lot of clients around the world. I have paying clients, but. A lot of my time is also spent helping people for free because I believe if you do stuff for non-financial gain, other stuff comes to you anyway, you know. So that's that's sort of my ethos, you know. I, I will spend time with people j- just to help people out. I agree with you 100% on that. And then if um, there are people who are listening um, here and they're thinking, oh, Jeff sounds like a good guy, I want to work with him, or if there are single women out there, uh, what, <laughs> yeah, how far um, will I travel? <laughs> look, look, looking for, where, where are you in the UK? We've got UK listeners. Right, we cool. might be able to set cool. you up. This could turn into a dating show. It'd be really cool. Um, so, but you do, uh, you have a, a mentoring program. Is that right? So where can people find you um, if they want to connect? Yeah, so they can head over to the website, uh, which is um, www.focusonmarketing.co.uk, or they can connect with us on on LinkedIn. Um, Just check out uh, Jeff Brown Photography Marketing on LinkedIn, and you'll see us come up there. Uh, Or they can um, send me an email direct, so it's info at focusonmarketing.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, that was awesome uh, today. Lots of fantastic information. I'm going to actually now go and tweak my LinkedIn profile a little bit. Uh, just, so, yeah, I've learned I've learnt a lot. So I really appreciate your time today. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for chatting with thanks us. Thanks, Gina. I've enjoyed it. It's been great.
All right, that was Jeff Brown. That was really cool. I love the fact that he emphasizes that you need to niche down with your photography and um, and he has a lot of great tips that are certainly very actionable. It would be interesting to hear, listeners, what you're going to put into action as a result of this week's episode. Yeah, it's it's really I, cool uh, stuff. What would your good, good niche value. photography be, Val? What would you be doing? Uh, well, today I photographed my cat, Rexy, so it would be – I would certainly niche in photographing my cat, Rexy. So Valerie Koo, <laughs> uh, bespoke kitty photographer, kitty. Kitty, yes. Yeah. Well, or- white kitty. Fluffy oh, white so they have kitty. To, oh, geez, so niching down even further. So Valerie Koo mm. bespoke white pussycat Fluffy photographer. White kitty. Yeah. That are up themselves a bit. That are up themselves a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <Your fault. laughs> Don't call my <laughs> Rexy up himself. Kitty cat photographer. You know, he's beautiful. No, he All is right. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go pat him now. So where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And all social media, I'm at Gina Militia. And if you want to connect with me in person, then check out the gold community. And that's at ginamilitia.com. And just click on join the gold community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, feel free to connect with both of us on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.